I won't deny it, I'm a Southsider, you don't wanna mess with me, got the police looking for me, but I'm calm cause I'm smoking that CBD set, I won't deny it, I'm a Southsider, you don't wanna mess with me, got the police looking for me, but I'm chilling in the back of the VIP set, we won't deny it, we are Southsiders, you don't wanna mess with us. Got the police looking for us And there's nothing that they can't do Cause we're chillin' with the Blessed Life Podcast crew What's up, what's up, what's up, what's good? Happy Sunday! Bim, 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 bim. <laughs> so what we're gonna talk about next Inflation, I think, yes, inflation You got any articles on that? I do, I just have like a general overview case anyone didn't know inflation's been going up and uh, that's not good so I got this article up uh, let's see what it's got a date from March 28th so not super new but new enough earlier this year so as of March 28th um even going back into 2021, apparently inflation just hit a 40-year high. Um, so goods and services are bumped up 7.1% over that year. And it got worse in 2022. And let's see here. Oh, yeah. So I was at 7.1 in 2022, and now in February in 2020, or 2021, now in February of 2022 is 7.9%. So that's that's not good. And for anyone who doesn't know what inflation is, it's the lessening in value of the money you have. It runs off the principle of scarcity, and scarcity essentially is you know why it's like why is it why are diamonds so valuable? Well, there's not that many of them, and it's hard to get real diamonds. And you know in order to mine them well, we can. We can get into conflict diamonds and all that in like West Africa and whatnot. So, but essentially, the more of something there is, the less valuable it is, and the less of something there is, the more valuable it is. So, when you do what our government is doing, what the Fed is doing, which is continue to print money, print money, print money, print money, print money, print money, endlessly and endlessly, borrow, borrow, print money. Um, the more dollars that are in circulation less than the value of the dollars that you have currently so if like you're say a retiree or whatever right now and uh you're living off the money you had in the bank so you're one of the greatest generation you slugged it out with uh the japanese and the you know pacific if you're you know in world war ii or whatever and now you're you're saved up and you know we're, we're monetarily smart and you're just living on your retirement all of a sudden, all the money you had in your bank, you know, is worth like, you know, when inflation hits like eight percent, now it's worth eight percent, like eight percent less. All of a sudden, like overnight, like it's just, it's unfortunate because when it, when inflation hits, you you're literally just losing the money you have is just worth less. All of a sudden, overnight, boom, you save all this money. Now you've basically been robbed by the economy. So the idea so, is supposed to be that. spending the cost of goods and services go up because the value of the money the person selling them is goes, getting 
it has went down. So they have to ch oh. now charge more for the same goods and services. We're going to continue this conversation, um, well, now and also later, but I would like to get an economics professor in to kind of talk about this and see what they've been reading about, you know, what it's going in, and particularly this bout of inflation that they're having. What are the factors that go into it? Because when I yeah. when I look back in during my lifetime, there was inflation in the '80s prior to when I was being uh, before I was born, or at least at a time when I was not old enough to remember. And it seemed like the the run of the mill inflation was just like like we just said, basically that the spending increased so much that each and there was so much money in circulation and it was being spent and so much debt being issued that each individual dollar was worth less and so businesses had to charge more for their goods in order to you know the cost of goods was going up and the cost of providing goods and services had to go up as well however yeah. in this in this time period we've seen i mean everything leading up to 2022 we've seen incredible just tremendous amounts of government spending um, on all sorts of things. But then we also had a pandemic. We had supply chain issues. And, uh, you know, what I want to hear, like, how all those things factor in. So, yeah, where it's not just your garden variety recession because they had to come because, you know, there's a, just a regular slowdown. What is this that we're looking at right now? What contributes to it? And what direction are we heading? And those are the things I would like to know about. Yeah, and this, and this article kind of touches on some of that to an extent, to a, a you know a general extent. So they're basically saying that um, we've got increasing costs for businesses all across the country. So employer compensation costs, wages, insurance benefits, retirement benefits, unemployment taxes, paid leave, etc. That's the highest growth in two decades so and in 2021 alone producer prices increased by more than 20 percent which is the largest annual increase since 1946 um so yeah just the cost of running a business like skyrocketed as of last year and it continues to right now so in the and the labor shortage is driving exactly wages up. exactly you're you're right on the money man um so and not just not just the availability of workers, so also workers' productivity. So that was the fastest drop in 2021 in more than 60 years. So businesses were essentially paying more, getting less, and also, like you just said, due to another you know complicating factor is what you just said is the uh, worker shortage. So you have less people, and then the people that are working are doing less. It's just it's just bad from all all fronts, you know. So when you have a worker shortage obviously you have you have to make cost increases in your to run your business so and then you pass those costs along to the consumers so it's just you know it's it's an unfortunate just vicious vicious cycle that um but what so this is what this is what the article claims and i should say so this is uh what is this da, 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 da. fga yeah Anyways, um, so what this article is saying that I'm reading um, is, if I can find it, okay, so they're saying, uh, you know, we had the expanded benefits that came after COVID, that came after COVID as a response to COVID and the increased government spending, so that obviously played a factor. 
um, in inflation. Yeah, in inflation. So you have to print more money. Obviously, anytime you're printing a lot of money, inflation is going to go up. It just this was more so than the you know standard creep because I mean we've been on an inflation creep for you know decades, obviously um, in this country. So it's just kind of the nature of the nature of an economy. Inflation tends to rise over time. I guess that's just how it's got to be. I don't know. I'm not an economist. I'm just a lawyer. What the fuck do I know? Um, but it's just it's just weird to me that like. Yeah, you know, I remember my dad would tell me stories about he had this ah, his '80s Jetta that was diesel that he used to commute, um, you know, to work in D.C. with, and you drive out there from the you know from like the farm into D.C. and the fucking thing it had like no horsepower it had like eight not even 80 horsepower or whatever and it was diesel and had this tiny little fucking four banger and he would get like 50 miles to the gallon in like an 80 something diesel Jetta. And he was like, that was, he's like, Matt, back then, like, gas cost, like, 25 cents a gallon. And I was in the 80s, which is fucking crazy. Can you imagine 25 cents a gallon? Obviously, but, you know, that's not adjusted for inflation. I'm not sure what that would equal to in today's dollars, 25 cents in the 80s, but um, it would still be cheaper than what we're paying now for gas because that's way to, that's up to. Um, but I just, I just don't. You know, an economist, you know, or some fucking big brain asshole who might hear this will be like, oh, I fucking knew this, but I don't know why that the natural progression of things, like, I guess the reserve has to keep printing money that gets fucked, to keep putting money in circulation as the population grows or whatever, and, you know, as the country expands, so, so too much inflation, but it's like, why must we just keep printing money as much as we do? I, I don't I don't know why we why we can the Fed continually like does that, you know, incessantly. Like how much money do they need to print and are they are they printing more than they need to? Uh I I'm just not sure the the causes of that well, why we have the inflation creep. So. Yeah, I mean we've we've been very fortunate as a country that we haven't seen like not that we haven't seen inflation, but rather that we haven't seen very high spikes in inflation yeah. that other countries have had um, or have had the opposite problem. Like, I think they said Japan or one of these countries in the 90s was having stagflation, mm-hmm. um, which we'll, we won't define that now. We'll get to it another time. But uh, you would think the way that we've spent for, you know, I guess since the 80s, that we would have much higher inflation than we do. We've been lucky we haven't, but now we're finally starting to see a bit of real inflation yeah. during these times. Because you get these people who say, ah, man, money ain't real, shit's fake or whatever. And like when you're printing it at the fucking scale that we do, you, you actually kind of start wondering, well, if you can keep on printing this forever and it's not backed by, money is not backed up by gold like we were on the gold standard, yeah. then what meaning does it have after it's a while? monopoly money. Because... Because in exchange, for to have something valuable, or like to get something valuable in exchange, like debt is valuable because we owe you something we have to then work for to give to you later. So you wonder what the limits are of that are. Is there, we, we're the, as America, we are at, at the top. We are the number one um, economy in the world. And do we get a free pass then because we're in that <laughs> driver's seat? Or... Is there a limit to some point where Not it's going to, yeah. yeah, is it going to cause real economic problems? We haven't seen that in America. We 
other countries have seen inflation and and all that when their currencies collapsed and things when communism ended in those countries so we're lucky in that regard i've been talking to business owners and they've been telling me yeah man it's hard to it's hard to find people and yeah another thing that i want to delve into on the podcast is why is that like we had covid people have been damaged mentally um are are we still are there still segments of the population out there that are so afraid of getting covid that they don't want to go out and work and how are those people getting by and why are we seeing such a labor shortage people filled these positions prior to in prior to covid and now afterward i don't know if people shifted industries or just whatever or just are not participating in the labor force the way they used to but i want to know what accounts for that too what is it that's going on with people or why why is it that we are dealing with such a shortage right now yeah and i think the article also goes into that so they're saying that employees across the country have more than 11 million jobs open that they need to fill which is it's a pretty uh, high almost a record high Yeah. yeah and so that's it it's not being driven by layoffs that's not it's not just that you were laid off with COVID. This is post COVID this is post pandemic now, really. So this is called caused by a record number of employees just quitting combined with a drop in labor force participation. So we have nearly three million workers that are just missing from the American economy in terms of like uh young young people apparently. There's a lot of young people that aren't working, is what this is saying. Um and so this also directly coincides with increased paid benefits to stay home, like those uh, benefits that were part of like that. I think it was part of the COVID, like part of the COVID relief uh, package that was pushed out. You had a lot of uh, unemployment. Uh, there's an unemployment insurance payments, uh, Obamacare subsidies, a 25% increased food stamp payments. Uh, there's more on top of that. Also, apparently these folks got a uh, reservation wage uh oh wait no 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 so okay so they're talking about this thing called the reservation wage which is essentially the lowest wage that they would be willing to accept a job and so that spiked to a record high of seventy one thousand dollars on in 2021 that's crazy with the largest increases concentrated among those without college degrees so it's basically people without a degree saying, I won't take a job for, you know, less than X amount. And a lot of people's X amount was pretty was pretty high in, ter- in terms of relevance from what they had been previously. previously. <coughs> That's crazy. I guess a, a fucking record high of an average is $71,000 per year. That's the lowest people said they would be willing to accept. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. That's pretty high. Yeah. Um, without a degree. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so government programs contributing um, because people are getting the benefits. There was there wasn't a need to work, and I've seen it personally. <coughs> I've seen people who got laid off, who wanted to spend time with their family and just collected unemployment benefits so they didn't have to go to work so, so they could kind of like watch their kids grow up for a little while or whatever. I think there's a lot of those people where there there is a there is a ceiling at some point where those payments wear off and they have to get back to work. And the question is are they going to are they going to go to the same field, different field, what field are they going to go into, things like that. Yeah. But it's just 
in terms of handling things in the best interest of people, um, you know, how bad can can the government do? I mean, pretty bad. If they, yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> we witnessed it, right? We yeah. literally saw for the past couple of years during COVID about there's a medical principle of related to related to pandemics and epidemics and this this quote or this idea that i'm talking about came out of i think it's dr peter bregan's book covid19 and the global predators we are the prey and he's basically saying that like he starts off a chapter with this quote where it's like the prince this principle of medicine that the more people can go about their lives like normal um during a pandemic they can continue working and going about their lives the way they did prior to the pandemic or epidemic rising the, the better off they'll be mentally um you know m- mentally they'll be better off and they'll be overall just i guess in a better place and healthier from not having to go through shutdown isolation fear anger um all these things so that literally got turned on its head during during the pandemic right during covid people weren't allowed to to work they weren't allowed to go to a job they had to do it with restrictions anything that they were allowed to do they were you know restrict you know there was restrictions on it and then business owners had to deal with it too and play this fucking game of how we figure out a way that we can stay open um without getting shut down because of fucking spiking covid numbers so you're being told that you can't work or you can't do this or you can't run a business at this time Yep, government officials were just like, you're open, you're not, you're open, you're not. Yeah. And it's like, none of them medical what was your experts. Metric? What yeah. was your metric for determining that, oh, you're an elected you're an elected official and you just get to pull it out of your ass, basically? Yeah. Uh, just serendipitously. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, A lot of great. dictatorship type of stuff yes. going on. There was no. Too authoritarian. You know, they say, no, we're relying on, on medical experts. Well, how about the ones that say that it's, you know, it's it's not it's not good for you, it's not good for people's health. Suicide numbers and all this shit to be staying closed this long. Like, you're fucking shit up. At some point, it's an unavoidable virus. And, you know, at some point, people are going to have to go about their lives like normal. Like, we saw this. And then, on top of it, like, you have to wonder, like, your response to this went on for way too long. Not only in terms of closing things down, but the amount of benefits you're paying. Like, to give people an incentive to stay home, it's not a good incentive for society. For, For them or for the rest of society. Like, mentally, people need to... They need some sense of purpose. They need to go out and do things. They need to have something they belong to or something that they achieve or whatever to deprive people of that and then give them an incentive not to go back and to allow that to continue for a very, very long period even of time. Even after we were out of the worst of it. Yeah, out of the worst yeah, of it. Yeah, even after. could stay home yeah. and whatever. And I think, yeah, eventually when those benefits run out, you'll probably see people come back in. But we'll see. These are just my theories and opinions, and I look forward to have a, having an economist on or an economics professor to talk about, you know, to, to get more into depth on these. But that's a pretty good general overview, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just wonder, you know, going forward. Um, I set an alarm because uh, I have laundry that i got to take out of the dryer. Uh, gotcha. Uh, I forgot all about setting it <laughs> until it went off right now. Dude, it's all good, man. Uh, just going forward, like... You know, here's what I, I so okay. I'll I'll put on a tinfoil hat and, and say reasons for inflation. Hmm. I think I think about this. 
we have a, a monumentally high national debt. It's, it's our, our national debt is, you know, more money than God has. And I, I don't know how many 20-some trillion it is now. Yeah. but I would uh, guess it's around 30 trillion or something. It's like probably that. getting up there. Take a minute. Oh, once, yeah, once you, make, once you yeah. finish your point, take a minute and look what is the current national U.S. debt. So... What I was going to say is, I think maybe some of this is intentional, driving inflation. I know that the government has, we'll talk about the uh, Inflation Reduction Act in a minute. They're going to, yeah, they no should try to get probably yeah. not going to work, but. Because um, nobody knows what's in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think a lot of it is, we've racked up so much debt, this is the only way the, the federal government is going to be able to pay back its its money, is when the dollar is worth n- fuck all, you know? Like, I think it's going to help with, it's going to help them be able to actually pay back the debt, you know. I just feel like <laughs> it's going to alleviate the burden of paying it back. So I think maybe some of it has to do with that. That's part of the reason. Yeah. Not, not wholly, but. I'm cynical, though. So for me, it's like, yes, if the dollar's worth less, maybe it would be easier to pay back, perhaps. But who says that they actually want to pay it back? I feel like the powers of be or whatever would rather just fucking us go belly broke. Like, I don't think they're worried about paying it back. People who have... who People who spend money, like fucking the old saying goes, like drunken sailors like these politicians do, I don't think they're concerned about paying it back. They're not even thinking about that day. They're just... I have a checking account that I can keep on writing checks forever, and it doesn't... It's just magic to them. It seems like they have no intent of paying back. I don't think people who intend on spending money or intend on paying back money spend it like they do. Well, I think last year we had what a was it a two point eight trillion dollar deficit? We're pushing three now, because we we generally take in, you know, we pro- we produce. Uh, I forget I forget what the fuck it is, but we we spend more, like, what was the fucking equation? I forget what. The well, fuck we spend more than we take. We in. spend more than we take in. And That's so, the deficit, yeah. yeah, so we we take in like you know three quarters of what we spend basically. I, I think is essentially how it is. I think it's something yeah, like that. I'm so we're always spending a, fraction, like a quarter. Yeah, we're. It seems like I think we're always spending a quarter more than yes, than what we take roughly, in, roughly, which all adds up over time. If we're if the U.S. was a business, you know, it's been said many times by many people. But yeah, if it was a business, then we would have gone we would have gone bankrupt. You know, a long time ago, ages ago. Ages. So. Let's take a look at what the current national debt is. August yes. 14, 2022. Current U.S. It, national debt. There's a, there's actually a debt national debt, debt clock yeah. where the, you can just watch it spin and spin out of control debt as clock. it's going up every go. minute. Yeah, the debt clock. I can watch it in real time. Okay, let's see here. Hmm. Oh, holy shit. Looks like it's uh twenty nine trillion. Twenty eight trillion. Okay. I'm yeah. surprised it's not higher than that. I was but it's close. I was thinking it was near thirty. So twenty eight trillion plus change. Yeah. That was by the end of twenty twenty one. Think about trillion. the amount of time it took to rack up that kind of a national debt. <laughs> and they just continue spending. The the federal government. I, I just don't see this ending well like when is it all going to crack come crashing down when you know the powers that be calling their loans and i i mean if if that happens i mean fuck like the dollar is going to completely crash 
That'd be way and you're talking about yeah. a huge power vacuum, possible World War Three scenario when that kind of shit happens. And I, that's another question I like to ask somebody who's an economist or a professor that would know the answer is, um, what? What's the question I'm seeking here? What are the terms of repayment for national debt? Because mm-hmm. when I was when I was growing up, my dad told me they're only paying the interest on it. They're not touching the principal. That's why it keeps in, you know, the, the debt just keeps on growing. So they're paying interest. They're get, these people are constantly getting payments. Yeah. I don't know that that seems to be correct. That would be my guess is what it is. They're only paying the interest or not even touching principal. So we have this principal that continues growing um, while we're only servicing the debt with just interest only payments. But what are the terms in terms of like you said calling it in when's the maturity date when mm-hmm. is it when is it due um what does that look like they they probably keep into continuing refinancing the debt maybe at higher interest rates or something but at some point a loan eventually has to mature at some point whether it gets Thank delayed you. through refinancing it down the line but yeah you would think it would have to get get um get repaid eventually because otherwise it's a it's kind of a fucking fake system it's a phony system if, if there's no real consequences to continuing to print free money and that's what i want to talk to an economist about another question so we said to answer the question of how much is the u.s national debt in 2022 right now we're at 28 trillion and they're about to add another fucking trillion on for the i found the debt clock correction it's 30 trillion 30.6 originally that was my guess so 30 trillion yeah all right so 28 may as well be 30 if you're rounding up anyway so 30 trillion dollars i didn't realize it was that much 30 fucking trillion dollars and it took a while to get up there because we were spending trillions for the last from Bush to through Obama to all the way up to now, yep. whatever president was, everyone's didn't, a big spender. Yeah, they well, there was always something, right? Like, you know, Bush gets us into Iraq and Afghanistan. Obama continues it afterwards because there's no easy pullout or withdrawal. Um, but then you also have, you know, you have the Affordable Care Act, which is. Affordable Care Act that's really, really expensive for the country. Uh, so it's incredibly expensive, but also affordable because of the name. Um, what's in a name? Marketing, anyway, man. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you have, you know, the 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 pandemic hits, and you have all this spending. Well, let's not forget the the bailouts from two thousand eight because they spent trillions of dollars um, avoiding an, a global economic collapse because yeah. these 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 main financial houses and institutions were affected were literally at the point of almost dragging down the entire world and maybe causing the next world war um, because of where the chips fall after that and because of desperation and yeah. the need for money that's not coming in and, and repaying back like all the things that are owed. Um, the next number that I'm wondering about, if you can find, is what was the national deficit for 2021? So if you look up... The whole year? Yeah, the, the year of 2021. That's how already much passed. debt did we take out? Well, yeah, how much did we spend versus how much did we... Earned. I believe it's two point eight revenue trillion. versus uh, uh, outgoing payments, or credits versus debits, credits versus charges. Because I'd like to know what deficit they're running every year. Because they're spe- they're doing these spending bills like the Inflation pretty Reduction. Dumb. That's not even in their budget. I don't think that's they're just adding <laughs> that on to the national debt. I'm pretty sure. Right? That's not like something. Oh, we have this much that we can spend uh, discretionally. We're going to do this. Uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Let's see here. Interest costs. That's hard. Come on. By year. 
2021. Yeah, I'm looking here. Budget deficit for the federal government. Okay. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to find it. and We'll see who gets it quicker. FY, we can do FY 2021, 2020. We could do 2020. We could do 2019, 2018. Those are all relatively recent years. So let's see, 2022 or 2021. Federal. Budget debt to GDP yeah. deficit. So yeah, that's two point eight trillion. Um, yeah. Well, let me let me second, read this out. Second wow. largest in history, just short of FY twenty twenty. So twenty twenty ran a deficit of three point one trillion. Twenty twenty one ran a deficit of two point eight trillion. Well, here, what are you looking at? The taxfoundation.org? Um, U.S. Government Accountability Office. Okay, that's probably more accurate. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at Congressional Budget Office. Office. Let me see what that says. But I'm seeing the sim same or similar numbers. Yeah. Wow. Okay. U.S. News. Twenty twenty one. So on U.S. News, I'm seeing the U.S. budget deficit totaled $2.77 trillion for 2021, the second highest on record, and an improvement from the all-time high in 2020 of $3.13 trillion. So there's, they spent almost $3 trillion more than they took in in revenue in the United States, almost $3 trillion more in 2021, and over... Three trillion in 2020. That's fucking impressive, dude. Yeah. To spend trillions of dollars more than you're taking in. Yeah. They try to justify <laughs> this on the basis of necessity, but the problem is they did that when the fucking financial markets almost crashed in, in 08. And, um, and, you know, for spending for the wars, too. They're just like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, we're just going to spend because we need to, and in times where we need to, like, they're, granted, I think 2008 was, was, a good time to spend that money. I was listening to economist Paul Krugman at the time, who I think is probably people would consider more on the like liberal side, but he was saying this is exactly what we need the government to do is to step in to to fill the gaps that the private market doesn't make one or it's on the point of complete collapse. Like mm -hmm. that's those are times where spending money is justified. But then you get the pandemic and instead of letting people run their businesses, they shut them down, but they said, Okay, we'll give you all we'll give you these payments. Like that means that in two years We've increased the national debt by about $6 trillion. It's fucking crazy. It's insane because we're covering all core services plus whatever additional money these all-wise, all-knowing politicians deemed to be necessary during these times. And I and I understand th those were problem years. Obviously, it's going to be higher than a fucking pandemic and whatnot. But now that we're into 20... It'll be interesting to see what happens this year if they can, if they can reduce it. But I, it's like... What do you? It would be interesting to know, like, how much did this increase from previous? Like, I want to kind of just check, like, say, 2015 budget deficit to see how much this changed in, in, in the COVID. Well, I think um, what would be yeah. nice to see would be budget deficits from the year 2000 onward. Yeah, you know, just randomly. 
see like 2015 it was 40 uh, 439 billion deficit so which is significant <laughs> as high as that is not bad significantly better that you know, so I'm like, what is a regular fucking year? And that was the smallest since 2007. So previous, these are you know, obviously er, like Iraq war years earliest, you know, earlier in the 2000s. So, um, which it was below the average deficit, but I, I just want to know what's normal for us in the 21st century. <laughs> I think <laughs> I found 2013. I found the site. Um, yeah. Datalab.usa or usaspending.gov federal budget deficit by year. So let's see if they can show me that. So twenty like twenty thirteen was uh, something like nine hundred billion. Yeah, there's a lot of years. Oh, no. Six hundred eighty billion fiscal in fiscal twenty four. So I'm looking yeah. back from two thousand and one was the last time the government had a surplus. So in two thousand one. Yeah. They had more money coming in than they were spending. Wow, that sounds beautiful. To it me. sounds like it uh, sounds like ancient history. Things are running well. Yeah. You're getting, we have a good we have a good economy. It's strong. We're getting more money than we need, and we're choosing not to go on a discretionary spending binge. Then it shows in 2002 the budget deficit was actually not that bad. In from 2002 up until 2008. We were spending less than half a trillion dollars a year more okay. than we were making. So we were spending just under half a trillion more, right? So not good for long-term budget deficits. But then in 2009, 2010, and 2011, we were spending close to one and a half trillion more than we were bringing in. That number started Fuck. to dip in 2013 down to over half a trillion. Then, as you mentioned earlier... You were getting close here, 2014 to 2015, or under half a trillion more than we took in. And then it starts creeping back up over half a trillion starting in 2016. And then it spiked incredibly high to over $3 trillion more than we had in 2020 and 2021. This is a really cool chart, as yeah. you can see here. It just lays it out nice and easy. I don't think viewers are going to be able to see this. No, you can't see it at what all. What side is that? Um, it's... It says datalab.usaspending.gov. Okay. Don't know if this is a, a an official site, but based on my knowledge and research of deficits from over the years, this is something I paid attention to as a political science student, student who was, you know, I, I was in the economics club and stuff. This kind of thing always interested me because right when I was in college is when the crash happened in 08 mm-hmm. um, and 09 when I was going to get my college degree at that time. So I believe these to be fairly accurate. And it's crazy to watch it, like, with your own eyes on a screen to see how much more they're spending than what they make in the federal government. It's crazy. And then we got state debt as well. So it's not just the federal debt. There's a lot of money that U.S. citizens owe um, to all the people that they owe to, domestic investors, foreign investors like China and in, in Brazil and Japan and Britain and Canada and all these people that invest in our debt. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Um Let's let's check let's check in with this in inflation reduction act. So, mm-hmm. for the listeners, the federal government is talking about spending a trillion dollars to combat inflation, which seems really counterintuitive to us. Like, oh, if you have inflation, don't you want to stop spending as much fucking money? No, yeah. we're gonna double down. We're gonna do another trillion. Like it's a fucking small poker chip at a table in Vegas or something. We're gonna spend extra money. So, the the name of a law is not always intuitive, right? Like you have the Patriot Act, which allows them to 
take all the way to freedoms that makes you fucking patriotic in the first place, right? Or that define America yeah. or whatever. Not take away those freedoms, but to limit them or to spy on you, to invade your privacy, to give you less privacy rights, all this shit. So now we have this Inflation Reduction Act. Is it really going to reduce inflation? Is Probably that the not. purported purpose? It sounds like it from it's the name. Just the, it's the marketing. It's the marketing stretch, but it's just... Uh, an excuse to spend an a expenditure. trillion dollars? Yeah, and it's a, it's a, some ways it's a money grab, and other ways it's an expenditure, you know, but it's... It, um, I don't think from the looks of what I'm reading here, it's probably not going to reduce inflation. Um, it's So it's essentially, I'm reading Forbes here. Not granted, take that for what you will, internet. You know, It used to be a really, really good source, but now you, for everybody from the New York Times to Forbes to Investor's Business Daily knows, or fucking Wall Street Journal even has problems. So what they're saying is basically a slimmed down version of the Build Back Better bill. Um, and this new bill, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, what, I forget what are they actually... So they're calling it. Um, <laughs> this new bill makes the largest investment in combating climate change in U.S. history, lowers the cost of prescription drugs, and raises taxes on corporations. I don't know what climate change has to do with inflation. Maybe, I, but I'm not a con- I'm just a lawyer. I'm not an economist. So, uh, but as a reasonable I, person, I don't like, know what it does what? either. <laughs> it's just a like money. Expenditure. I'm all for yeah. um, investing in cleaner technologies. Like, I'm not. A tree hugger but i also don't think that it's all right to be breathing in carbon all the time in these big cities where we live like it can't cannot be healthy to be just breathing in pollution oh no constantly it's not. yeah so so i'm all for green green technologies or anything that can you know reduce pollution but also i don't understand how the fuck that's tied to fighting inflation i have no I idea don't think it is. somehow sh- yeah. show me the connection so how much of that money? Uh, well, first of all, do, can you we'll see the total? Down. Yeah, well, what's we'll the total they're talking about spending on uh, this? I'm not, maybe that's later, but I'm going to break it down exactly right, what cool. it does. Yeah. yeah. So here's a big provision. So it's the creation of a 15% corporate minimum tax rate. So corporations with at least $1 billion in income will have a new tax rate of 15%. Um, what is it now? That seems like kind of low, right? Yeah, I mean, taxes on individuals and households won't be increased. And then um, I'm not sure what it is now, honestly. And then well, it's lower than fifteen percent if they're raising it to fifteen percent. Yeah, minute well minimum. So at least okay, minimum. it depends probably on the That's corporation. The so entry level. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it could be as high as thirty yeah. percent or forty percent. So okay. all right, then we have prescription drug price reform. Um, so this is going to allow Medicare to negotiate the price of certain prescription drugs, bringing down the price uh, beneficiaries will pay for their medications. No so heavy. this sounds like it's that's, at least getting in the ballpark of reducing inflation because me- medical costs good. are probably going up. Yeah, um, managing, yeah, yeah, managing cost of drugs could help reduce inflation by a little bit, I suppose. Well, at least on the medical, yeah, and this on, on medicine, yeah. So, so yeah, at least that seems like it's like relevant good. in terms of like if evidential relevance, like we learned in law school, yeah, green technology and relevance to fighting inflation don't really see the connection there, but reducing the price of prescription drugs uh, would help at least everyday Americans. How much are they spending on each one of these things? So the I, green technology? I'm not sure. Um, yeah. We'll get to that All later. Right, cool. So we got IRS task, tax enforcement. I believe this is the tens of thousands new fucking uh, IRS agents they're going to be adding to the payroll. So, so they're just, growing the IRS. Yeah. So it's going to... So some people want to eliminate how's the IRS, that gonna, so we talk about growing it. So how's that going to help inflation? Because this is the problem. They do something like that wh- where with the you know the prescription drug price reform where we can negotiate prices, chip away at those, but then you're hiring $10, $80 billion, you know, 
into hiring these fucking new IRS. I forget projections, some like fifty to seventy thousand new IRS agents, so they just have a bigger army to like fucking audit you with, you know. And, and honestly, how's that gonna how's that gonna really work? It's just gonna give them more fucking manpower to audit more people to loot more money from the American people. They're not gonna be fucking. I, I don't believe for. I don't believe for one minute they're gonna they're gonna use that IRS army to like you know fight big corporations and stick it to the man. They're gonna go after, have a greater ability to go after the middle class, I think, and go after your regular people, or your higher higher upper middle class or whatever you know lower upper class whatever the fuck it is. Right, more like regular folks. They'll have the availability and manpower to audit more folks. That's what's gonna happen. So they can loot more money from us and we'll be paying them to do it. And that definitely doesn't help inflation when you're creating more federal jobs. People, it always blew my mind, like, you know, hey, I'm a federal employee. I'm a weekend warrior, you know. You're I'm in the part US of this. Army as a reservist. Yeah. I'm part of this, you know, machine, too. And so I'm, I'm aware of that. But I, even as a even as a federal, you know, employee, I, I can say, like, the Fed has gotten too big. Like, the last thing we need are more federal employees. And it always blew my mind when people tout this shit, like, even not just federal employees, but, like, government, con- you know, like, uh, government contractors or whatever, like, oh, we're creating, like, we're, we're creating, you know, these new fucking jobs to build tanks or whatever like that. It's like, yeah, but it's being paid for with taxpayer money. It's not actually producing. It's not actually producing revenue. Like, it's not coming from the production of the population. It's coming from, it's being paid from people who work, and it's taxpayer funded. So it's like, not, they're not real job creators it's just an account it's just a moving around of money that was already that was already taxed like so <laughs> and the same thing with these irs agents it's like dude green technology spending more money um reducing costs of medicine hiring more irs agents yeah maybe in 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 an apparent attempt to collect more revenue so fucking fight inflation okay yeah this is getting to the point so. where it's fantasy <laughs> or whatever but yeah okay, okay we got more and what else we got yeah what else so we've got uh point? the affordable care act subsidy extension okay so they're making uh, health health insurance yeah. more uh, uh, uh allegedly they're making it allegedly. yeah keeping yeah. health insurance costs lower for longer yeah so apparently um so the subsidies which were scheduled to expire at the end of the year they're going to extend those through 2025. Um, so that's, you know, okay, okay. I get what they're doing there. That looks that looks reasonable. Um, so, yeah, they're essentially subsidizing these medical insurance premiums to keep costs lower. Um, but if there's, there, but that's more government expenditure, though, of, of government money, of federal money. So it's like, yes, it's helping people pay less, but that's supplemented by federal money is that really reducing inflation it doesn't seem like it I, uh yeah I, i'm not seeing it okay so we have energy security and climate change investments here's a funky shit bill includes numerous investments in climate protection including tax credits for households to offset energy costs uh investments in clean energy production but that's just making it rain on wind and solar um and tax credits aimed at reducing carbon emissions so, I guess it's shit like, oh, you bought a Tesla, you get to pay, you know, you get a tax credit for that, which is already federally subsidized, but whatever. 
Um, anything else on that list that they're investing? Or so is, that the, is that it? That's Those are the major, major points. Jesus so here's the, here's the kicker, though. According to this article, according to Forbes, take out what you will, um, so there is a study that uh, <laughs> is basically saying that it's going to have no impact, impact on inflation. So according to the Penn Wharton budget model, the PWBM, um, there's low confidence that this legislation will have any impact on inflation. The PWM is a nonpartisan research-based organization at the University of Pennsylvania that creates economic analysis of the public policy's fiscal impact. Um, so in a nutshell, okay, here we go. Now let's, let's, let's hear from the Congressional Budget Office. CBO estimates this will have a, quote, negligible effect on inflation in 2022, and in 2023 will change inflation somewhere between 0.1 percentage points lower and 0.1 percentage points higher than it is currently. So fuck all. The, the bill is just a marketing strategy. It's not going to do shit for inflation. Yeah. I'm telling the, the CBO voters. says this. I'm yeah. telling the, the voters with the name of this law that I'm out there fighting inflation for you. I'm out there. This is the Inflation Reduction Act. We've taken action. The only thing you've done is acted to spend more money um, with no palpable result based on the, the studies that we're discussing here. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's fucking scary, man. And this has been going on our entire lives and is probably going to continue going on until... Uh, who knows, man? If there's some kind of fucking change in, in government, some kind of re revolution, or perhaps at least some kind of sea change where you have politicians that are going to start acting in the best interest of America in office. But uh, the money that's out there in politics is a, is probably the most powerful force in the world. We, we as a people have to come together. That's what I believe, that we as a people have to come together and refuse to elect anyone that is not going to fuck off after one term and put that into law federally. That we need... We need everyone who runs for federal office. I probably state office too, honestly. Because um, there's definitely corruption at the state it, level. Yes. Yeah. So it, we need to <laughs> big time in certain states. Too. Illinois, looking at you. <laughs> but uh, you know the deal. It, it's I. We cannot elect anyone who is not going to run as part of their platform that they will put into black letter law at the federal level that there are are term limits for everyone everyone every elected representative like everyone just goes in does one fucking term gets the fuck out i really think that that it should be more like jury duty than having these lifelong career fucks you know like so many in washington uh who have been you know senators 40 fucking years i remember my my dad i don't know if i can yeah i can he he knew um he knew this one guy i believe his name was uh senator strom thurman was the name old school guy back in the day he was a senator for decades and decades and decades and a lot of go. accusations of racism against that guy yeah he was uh, i from what i from what i don't know much about from what i heard he was kind of a piece of shit and not so this isn't so much how much of a piece of shit he was but rather that he was entirely incompetent to hold office and he had no business at a certain point being in office like my dad would tell him like he, like he would Every time Strom would come to see my dad, he would give him, like... Well, wait a second, wait a second. We should just... I'm going to put a pen yeah. on that for a second. There might be some hippo issues and shit. I'm not trying to... Well, I'm just... I'm not... I, I haven't said anything about how he knew him or anything like that. Okay. But every time he would come to see to see my dad to visit him, um, every interaction they would have, um, 
he would give him like uh, like a little like t- token, like a pin or like a souvenir token, something like that. And, and he and he never remembered my dad. Every time every time he would see him, he would never he would always forget that he had seen him previously and give him the same thing. You know, it was fucking hysterical. He had like fucking. I don't know, like five or ten of these little like tchotchkes that he that he gave my dad because he was so fucking uh, just demented, and he'd, he'd be like that. This guy was just, I mean, he was asleep half the fucking time. Didn't know what fucking day it is. Didn't know what you know. I don't even know what month it is. It is. Like he was just, he belonged in a nursing home. Yeah. And yet he's an acting senator. So, yeah. At the time, man. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, I think I don't think we have to worry about him. I'm just I'm just saying like uh, their interaction. There's nothing confidential about that in their inter- just interaction. I haven't said what their interaction was, but yeah, just yeah, yeah. Washington you, you man, there were no medical yeah. details or whatever yeah. or anything like that that so. maybe would cause a violation of HIPAA. No. So. But in any event, um, yes, that's crazy to think that those are the people out there running the country, but. Yeah. Well, we talked about inflation. We talked about uh, this Inflation Reduction Act, and it doesn't seem like, it just seems like, you know, good in name only and just another way to spend more money and, and just sink us further into debt. Somebody yeah. else, if, if we're wrong, then let us know. Point to, point to the numbers, point to the fucking studies, because right now it looks like we're just getting swindled, but whatever. But yeah. What else we got, brother? We got, like, I think, two more, maybe? Yeah, speaking of swindling, um, let's talk about TikTok and China. And what was it? The Department of Defense came out and yes. warned uh, the U.S. government that TikTok, they consider TikTok a national well, security threat. Well, I, the the FCC commissioner it came out and said that DOD troops, you know, using TikTok may be a national security threat. Um, because it's basically run by a company that's basically run by the Communist Chinese Party. They run all, they have the final say in what basically all their companies do over there. It's not like they have independent private companies that don't answer to the government. They all answer to the government uh, at the end of the day. So what they're basically saying is that troops, you know, soldiers who have TikTok installed on their phones, they could be potentially jeopardizing national security with the use of TikTok. So... Well, you can't use TikTok on your government-issued cell phone, government-issued computer. They have it on their personal cell phone. So what do you have with you when you're out on the training site? You know, you have your personal cell phone. Um, so TikTok, it's owned by this Beijing-based company called ByteDance. And um, the FCC is concerned about, like, the amount of, like, non-public sensitive data, like, that could potentially be gleaned from just having TikTok on your phone. So a lot of people in the military have it. Some of my soldiers have it. I Honestly, it looks like something for me. I'm an, maybe I'm getting old, but it's just like this is like something that a teenage girl should have. This looks like teenager shit. But um, anyway, so, you know, but troops are apparently like uploading, you know, TikTok videos them in the barracks on military installations with their, you know, military equipment and whatnot. And so with this device in your pocket, it's basically going inside the military installation, looking at the location data, looking where your troop movements are. Um, it's not good. Like, and that's being fed directly back to the CCP, you know, from our soldier cell phone. It's basically like spyware, essentially is what they're saying. So there's a whole range of ways of sensitive data, you know, is going back to Beijing. There's uh, this AI that can, you know, see through TikTok and feed it right right back to them to like know what we're doing on military installations and that's not good because you don't you want your geopolitical adversaries to know 
least about you as possible in terms of your true movements, what's going on. Um, so I bet there's going to be some DoD directive that's going to come down where it's going to be like, hey, you guys, you guys have to fucking ensure everyone uninstalls this shit out of their phones. There'll be another spreadsheet I'll have to have to deal with. <laughs> so what's the date of that article that you pulled up there? Oh, pretty recently. Uh, Thursday, July 14th. Okay. Yeah, that so, just came out. Yeah. Um, in the last month, yeah. So they've seen a bunch of different... So apparently... Um, they're saying that... Uh, TikTok is engaged in a pattern of misrepresentation regarding both the amount and extent of data it's collected, as well as how much has been accessed from inside China. What a surprise. They're not being transparent. I was just going to say, surprise, guessed? surprise. Like, yeah. They're, they're taking more than what they told you they really were. Like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Apparently, um, there was a BuzzFeed news report that um, there was a leaked audio from uh, 80 internal TikTok meetings that showed China has repeatedly accessed Americans' user data. So this is known. This isn't speculated. This is, this is known stuff. I hope I'm so. fucking safe. I don't have TikTok, and I joked around for a long time friends of mine like yeah i should probably get it but you know i don't want the chinese communist party having all my fucking personal information and yes. access access to tons of fucking things outside it's of what you need for a social media app yeah yeah it's it's just american people itself too like you know this so it so they're saying that it's at its core tiktok is functioning as a it's a sophisticated surveillance tool that harvests extensive amounts of sensitive data from search and browsing history keystroke patterns location data biometrics including face prints and voice prints so they're using this you know not just obviously with the potential of monitoring our troop movements and troop activity on military installations but just on the american people in general like you know what our priorities are collecting information on us like probably like to use against us honestly i i can't imagine it's for benevolent purposes well yeah they're basically getting a really in-depth idea of who the American citizen is and what makes them tick pardon the <laughs> pawn, yeah. Well what makes them tick and fucking um you know, having that understanding they can they can use it to manipulate things. And there I was telling some friends of mine on on I think the prior podcast this came up briefly, but what I was saying is like think about the ways they can leverage that data. If they know all your purchases, what you buy, when you buy it, you know, where you get it from if they want to cause a supply chain slowdown and they know that we need something because they see the amount of purchases of it, like right. they can use that data to leverage us or to cause further inflation. Like they can literally use this user data to make an economic situation worse just to try to bring us to our knees or at least fucking hurt us. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Just to fucking squeeze us yeah, and uh, gain an advantage. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of ways they could come at us and, um, they're they're examining all fronts like you know they got all kinds of shit going on they they want to have as much influence as possible they want to buy as many american companies as possible influence as many as much of our leadership as possible i think they want to buy to learn how to divide us yeah learn how to divide us easier because they're seeing how we interact online if they want to put out bots and improve the fucking division that they already do with bots on these social media apps they can do it even better now because they know you so well you know i i think they really seek to almost have a stranglehold of influence over operations that will be benefit beneficial to them. I don't think they want to have like a fucking 
manned land invasion and you know fucking World War II style but they want to seek their claws and their tentacles into every aspect of our political and economic society that they're calling the shots. I think that's what they're going kind for. Kind of, in a, in, a, in a puppet master kind of way yes. where it's like you don't really see them, but they're there controlling things. Yes. Like That's what they're trying to do, and it seems like they're doing a pretty fucking good job so far. Seem to be winning. Yeah, yeah and what what is the U.S. government doing to, to stop this? Absolutely I would nothing. like to hear a lot more yeah. about it. Um, I know they have. There's, the you know, the FBI and, and all that have been cracking down on Confucius um, organizations on campus that are basically just a front, right? Confucius, oh, for Confucius is a good guy, yeah, and they're spies. just using it for yeah. to infiltrate our society. Yeah. But um, but they have been cracking down on that. But I'd like to know more. What are, what are we really doing here? Are is there somebody that actually has our back within the government that's trying to to really fight and stop fucking China from taking over? our way of life and taking over the rest of the world in terms of being a number one power that calls the shots. And I I just don't think... And another thing is crazy. I don't know much about it, but, like, I, I know generally the whole thing with fentanyl, how they're fucking just dumping fentanyl under, into the, our country through via Mexico, like, via the cartels to just... For what ends? I don't know. To just fucking cause nothing but havoc and, and death. I You know, it's like, what the fuck is that? Like... I mean, that's, I understand, you know, what the cartels do with, like, cocaine and marijuana or whatever like that, you know. But, like, fentanyl, it, it's really just lethal poison. Like, there's <laughs> there's not much uh, tangible benefit or enjoyment or anything like that. I mean, it's, it's so fucking potent that it can kill you so easily. Even just... You know, stuff that is, has had fentanyl in it or whatever, you take a good whiff of that with just, like... You know, just a little bit of residue can you know make you horrendously sick or even kill you. Or something. I've heard, yeah. And and just them doing that, piping this lethal fucking poison into our country intentionally, like they've been doing, and to have no repercussions for it. I mean, there should be serious fucking repercussions. We're talking about Taiwan and whatnot, and that should be discussed. And you know, and their saber rattling in there is 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 concerning because Taiwan has so many microchips and they produce all the fucking microchips and they want it, you know. They have the world's largest obsession with Taiwan. Taiwan um, has the world's largest chip manufacturer. Yeah. But to, for me, I'm just, I'm sitting around, I'm like, holy shit, we have so many fucking fentanyl deaths going around right now and it's, and it's like with just crickets from our leadership. It's like, oh yeah, it is what it is. Like, dude, fuck that. Like, strangle these mother, hit them with like a astronomical fucking tariffs, like cyber attack them. You know, like, really start fucking with these guys. Make make life uncomfortable. Like, target members of the Communist Party. Cyber attack them. Seize their assets. Lock them up. You, you, you know, like, put these put these fuckers on the defensive. Like, it seems like we're just sitting here taking soaking up punches, and they're on the offensive. Like, make them fucking sweat a little bit. Like, we need to undermine them back. Like, For sure. We have no leadership. So For sure. It's non-existent. It, well... The economic arrow is mostly one way with them. We pay yeah. them, and they they give give us goods and produce shit for us. But it is what it is, man. They they have too much fucking power over our our way of life. About you know, you know everything from what we consume to how we consume it, to our medicine, like you're saying, to yeah. fucking our social media, it's fucking crazy, man. And and so. Uh, so was the the chairman of the FCC came out and and, and said that uh, 
this is a concern. Yeah. What do you think the end game is here? What if it? They declare that it is a national security concern. Like you say, perhaps you'll be in charge of checking off to make sure people have gotten rid of fucking TikTok yep. off their phone. And the funny thing is, I have a feeling that the the fucking um, withdrawal from this TikTok would be so bad that people are like, I don't care if it's a national security <laughs> concern. I was like, are you listening to yourself? It's against your best interest to be fucking doing this. No, I have the TikTok. So, so do we think that It'd probably be more likely that they'll they'll have military members remove it from their personal phones and their and their um and their work phones or whatever. I mean, I don't think they're allowed to have it on their work phones, yeah. but on their personal phones. Do we think that that could be something that the government comes out and says to the rest of the country? Um, to just private citizens, like an advisory, we're not maybe. Ba- banning it outright, but just know that it's you're being spied on, and that these people are getting your data. Or would that be too much likely to cause some panic? It's just easier to let China have data than fucking. I think there's, dude. I think there's people. there are so many people in who are not so much, maybe not even directly influenced by the CCP, but their balls are held by big corporations that love that have huge footprints of china and are very china friendly you know that there's never going to be a serious pushback on this stuff at the federal level i think our leadership is you know tangentially to compromise basically to take any kind of meaningful action yeah the fcc will say that you know but i don't know as far as like from the administration or anything like no way they'll have an occasional you know senator congressman pipe up but uh, in terms of unified response for this shit, no, probably not. That's interesting. I mean, I feel like there, maybe there was a day where we would have had that, but when when leaders aren't willing to step up to have some kind of unified response, you, you really just feel abandoned as a citizen. Like, you know, we, we expect that you're going to be fighting for us, but... You start to wonder how rigged this system really is if they're not going to fight for us on issues like this, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty much... Um, I think it's pretty much in the bag, kind of. I, I think it'll have to get really bad before people, you know... Demand more. Demand train. Yeah, it, it, it's it's going to get to the point where, I you know, I think it's, it's going to get so bad have to get, I'm not saying will, but in order to have any kind of meaningful directional change in this country, like you would have, things would have to get so bad it would be like Kazakhstan style where you have to pick between, I don't have fuel to cook my food or I don't have fuel to go from A to B, I can no longer feed or transport, I can do one but I can't do both, you know, when people's essentials start to be unavailable, you have to pick between essentials, then people riot, then you have like over, you know uh real insurrections, like because Akasan's hour when just like grabs the AK and starts fucking, you know, overthrowing the government basically. Like, did you did you follow that at all? That the Kazakhstan thing? No. Is this new? Is this old? Recent ish. Um, yeah. But uh, um, it was pretty crazy. It was yeah the Kazakh unrest. It was known. It was back in uh, January. So, there was basically, like, um, yeah, like, people, there was an economic, like, kerfluffle where 
the price of oh, what was it? Yeah. Here we go. So it was a series of mass protests and fucking just general calamity that happened after a sharp increase in liquefied gas prices following the lifting of government-enforced price cap. So the price cap went away, prices went up, and um, these fuckers were like just rioting like all over the country. Um, it got pretty violent. Uh, yeah, 227 people were killed. Over 9,900 were arrested. Yeah. So it's shit like lit off there. But that's the kind of shit that like that that would have to happen is when its essentials become unreachable, then you're gonna have mass unrest. Uh then then people will be like, Okay, demanding change. Like, hey, you guys gotta get the fuck out of here. You you've run this shit into the ground, like and they're get, they're on the way I think we're we're on the way there to running shit into the ground. Like physically. So I don't know. Seems like we're getting close when we talk yeah, about three trillion dollar deficits every year. I mean, that's an impressive amount of money. The half trillions, they'll add up over the course of many years. You know, right? Or not many years, but just over years. Whereas three trillion dollar deficits, it's like holy shit! You're adding on a big helping all at once. That's fucking insane. Like it's COVID's like, not good. Yeah. COVID's not good for America, but neither is that kind of spending. Holy shit! Yeah, that's it's not sustainable. I don't know how long we're going to be able to kick this can down the road. Yes, we've been sustaining kicking the can down the road for quite a long time now. Who knows how long it'll last, but we'll be here fucking chatting about it um, as that time goes on. So I think we're at the last one. Last topic, yes. The feds raid Mar-a-Lago on a warrant to yep. try to get to try to see if there were if Trump was in possession of classified documents that he wasn't supposed to be. Basically, yeah. So that's that's the whole thing, kind of in a nutshell. I mean, it, it, specifics are kind of scarce, but they're basically saying Trump had documents. Maybe he might have documents that he wasn't supposed to have. That they're saying it could be classified, it could be top secret, or something. And generally, um, let's see here. The Justice Department is basically saying, you know, you need to return these documents. So. Um, so like the National Archives, like traditionally when the presidents leave office, like they'll dump a bunch, they'll do like a docu dump on like the National Archives, which is where they're supposed to go. But Trump had has a bunch of documents like in this room where that they're saying should have gone to the National Archives, but he has been like unresponsive or like uncooperative and turned them back is what what they're saying. And um, you know, but it's an it's an interesting precedent. Like um, you know, you wonder if he wasn't touting. If he wasn't touting a potential bid for 2024, would this be happening? Who knows? Less likely to be happening. Probably less likely. Yeah, because a lot of time went by <laughs> since he's been out of office, and they haven't done. They haven't. It's I would think if minute. they needed a warrant to go search for something like that, they'd get it pretty quickly. Yeah, if it was that big of a of a of an oopsie that you need an FBI raid, it's like it's an always been sitting on these documents or whatever, and it's like for. You, this long, fucking twenty twenty two now. The election was in twenty twenty, so okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it just seems like the timing is a bit is a bit. But even I was reading in here, even like if he was like convicted of a crime or anything like that, they're they're trying to say that even the statute that would 
maybe prevent him from running, but it's not guaranteed that, like, because there's really no precedent for this shit. This is kind of, we're in uncharted waters here with, like, if you had a former president convicted of a crime and then he ran again, is that preclude him from running? Maybe, according to this one. Well, I forget. Uh, what, let's see if it has here in the article. Um, but it's... It's odd. Okay, here we go. I'm pulling it up now. Um... Yeah, okay, here we go. Yeah, so one possible avenue they could get him on um, is for, so for, quote, willfully and unlawfully mishandling public records, and that's in Section 2071 of the U.S. Criminal Code. Um, that caused, for anyone who, who has done that, who has willfully and unlawfully mishandled public records, they can be, quote, disqualified from holding any office under the United States, according to the U.S. Criminal Code. Um, but... They're not sure if that would necessarily preclude you from running from president. So, I don't know. And the Constitution Sounds pretty is, general. Yeah, the Constitution is specific about qualification to be a president, and it offers impeachment as a remedy to bar people from serving as president. So, some people are saying that, you know, Congress does not have the authority to change those qualifications that are already in the Constitution. So, it's uh, without a constitutional amendment. So, that's an interesting legal... Uh, interesting legal conundrum so and this is like i said this scenario has never been played out in court before so we're in uncharted legal waters um in terms of this so and that's if he gets you know convicted uh under the criminal code that's interesting man he's facing criminal fucking trouble and that could be interesting to see how that plays out um to see if he is convicted then i mean this we're literally going to watch be able to watch this unfold and you know, if I had to, if I'm a betting man, I'm saying that Trump's not going to take it laying down. So he's going to be out there, fucking fighting it in court. We'll get to see how that all plays out. But also, it scares me about the possible unrest that we would see or, or further division in this country because it, it could be bad. if he's convicted and they say they won't allow him to fucking hold public office again. First of all, who who knows what Trump himself will do and say to his loyalists and to the people that follow him and his followers. But just people, even he doesn't say anything at all, like, people that support Trump are going to think, like, this is the fucking conspiracy here. Mm -hmm. They're going to say, first of all, not only did they steal the election, that's what Trump supporters will claim, but they'll also say, now you've prevented him forever running again, too. Like, it yeah, just seems very look. conspiratorial, yeah. Even even Biden said, I think even Biden's on the record is, is saying that how it's kind of a bad precedent to like to try and prosecute, you know, potential political opponents that are coming up for an election, like, because then you start to have the appearance of running a banana republic, like all of a sudden you start to look like a South American dictatorship or something, um, and if that does occur, I mean, it's going to give Trump and his supporters like a huge. I think even from this FBI raid you know if they don't convict him like the the clout that he's going to get from that like is going to be beneficial for him running um to re-election but hey look they tried to stop you they tried to fucking shut you down like they're afraid of you you know and, and this is going to be a lot of political momentum from this if they're not able to actually like bar him from running legally so because it looks like they're trying to and i understand why they would want to it's it's been a bad run for old Joe. It's not not been the greatest. Um, 
I don't think you you know you can argue whether how much that is attributable attributable to him versus just circumstances. Who the fuck knows? You know, I can't I can't even holistically answer that question myself. It's a mix, I think. Um, but it, things have not gone well. Certainly, I don't think anybody can say that things have really improved in terms of like you know how obviously inflation and prices the economy um it's it's not great like it's it's all worse than it was under trump so that's just that's just a fact and regardless you're democrat or republican there's no disputing that if you dispute it you're you're just you're you're, you know you're living uh fantasy you're in a fantasy you're you're delusional yeah because what you're saying is uh, you don't know how much is attributable to himself or to the circumstances of the time, but just yeah. the numbers are what they are. It Inflation is. is higher, costs yeah. are higher. Consumer goods uh, costs are higher. Well, you know, we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens with Trump. Uh, you know, all this seems to lean lead toward you know them energizing his base, and then you got to start to wonder who is it that really doesn't want him around. You know, like it's in China. It's to China's benefit not to have Trump or someone like Trump in office. Definitely who was harder yeah. to predict, harder to predict, harder to control. Um, who started laying in tariffs in his last year of office that were that were uh, damaging to to China? Who yeah. Was finally starting to put the screws to him a bit and cause some tension, cause him some economic pain. I heard that Biden let those expire or you know got rid of them, but that I don't know. That yeah, that's something that we should check into for another podcast because. The, a lot of the stuff I've read, um, Josh Rogan argued in his book that yeah they shouldn't let those expire or, or take them away. Like now, they, where they're pumping us full of fentanyl, fuck that, you know. <laughs> well, Jesus, fentanyl, COVID Amongst came other from China. Yeah, yeah, COVID came from China. Fucking, you know, all the, all the other um, bullshit we deal with, information stealing, all the stuff we were talking about through TikTok. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see on another episode, but uh, interesting stuff. We'll see. I, I, you know, based on what we already know about Trump's base, I don't think they're going to take this fucking shit laying down. So it's, it I just hope bad, that man. it could be. Yeah, like you know, if he gets away with it, then he's like the legend. If he if he gets convicted and they say he can't serve in, in public office anymore, I mean, this shit's going to go on for years. It's it's almost like the the division this could cause for years is right out of like fucking somebody's like evil playbook you know you're like, Holy like shit. A John Clancy <laughs> battling it out in the court system so it gets all the way to the Supreme Court and, yeah. you know and then who knows what Tom fucking Clancy. way they'll come down obviously yeah. they seem a little more conservative now so but it's all good man what uh anything you want to add to the the Trump raid or any of that um I I think we pretty much covered it all um we'll just see uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how everything plays out um you know it's but like you said, if if things kind of go south and they do like kind of bar him from running again on this, uh, you know, this reminds me. Do you remember the Petraeus thing where Petraeus he kind of had a falling out with Obama, and then all of a sudden, like they find this notebook with classified information in his desk or something. You know, he had written classified information in his fucking like notepad or whatever like that, and they got him on that to like to get him out. And it smacks to me of that. Like, you know, I, I think there's a lot of discretion the executive has in how they pursue these things and handling of, you know, what's classified, what's not. Even classification, you know, they have, 
you know, you, you can make arguments for, like, what's classified, what's not. And, you know, it's not necessarily something that's set in stone. It's it's something that can be debatable and something that was classified previously can be then, you know, unclassified or some, you know, it's weird how classification systems work. And then other, things can be taken in aggregate, you know, when you All have, that like, together four pieces yeah. of unclassified information put together, they're technically So they can say... You could say, you know, oh, hey, Trump had, uh, you know, individually these things were not uh, classified, but you know what? All taken together, we're going to call them classified. And, you know, there's there's ways they can they can skin that cat, I think, um, you know, in order to fit the fucking octopus through the keyhole and and, and get them. So uh, they might they might get them on this one. I don't know. We'll see. So uh, stay tuned. Yeah, stay we'll tuned. Talk about it when it happens. Yeah. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, I always say that at the end of the podcast, kindness and respect have allowed me to get along with people from all sorts of walks of life, all sorts of backgrounds. I believe that, you know, kindness and all these other things in life are contagious. Kindness and respect are like currency that we have an abundance of that we wouldn't have to worry about printing too much of. So don't worry about kindness inflation. Start start spending it because it's the most powerful currency we have. You'll notice that the universe has a way of reflecting back at you what you put out there. So I believe that when you put that kindness and respect out there, it'll come back to you. Good people make each other good. So be good to yourself. Be good to your family. Be good to your community. And tune in next time to the next episode of the Blessed Life University podcast. The Blue Podcast for short. We love you. Peace out. Peace.